Joshua chapter number 3. Joshua chapter 3. Pick up reading in verse 1. This is the crossing of the Jordan River. Joshua is leading the Israelites into the promised land. We don't have time to go into all that tonight. I'm going to pull out a, a text and make an application from it, not an interpretation, which is not my normal methodology, but we'll do it tonight. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Chittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levite, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Now that's 3,000 feet. That's pretty good distance. Come not near it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And that's the text I want to use tonight, but let's read on. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Let's pray. Father, it's been joyous tonight to hear the songs of Zion sung, to magnify our Savior, to glorify Him. Lord, what words could we say that are gratitude enough for the shed blood of Christ? Father, our old hearts, carnal hearts, worldliness seeps in about us. We become so insensitive to thy spirit. Oh, might you remove that from us even this very moment. Let us, Father, bask in the presence of our Savior. May we rest and rejoice in him who loved us before the world ever was. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to leave you with five very simple thoughts tonight. The uncertainty of the future. None of us knows. We can guesstimate uh, about things, but none of us really knows the future. I expect the sun to get up in the east tomorrow and set in the west, but the reason that's going to happen is because God set that in order. Uh, and we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. So five things I want to give you. Number one about the future, it's unknown. It's unknown. We need a guide. We need someone to lead us. Um, men are not very good leaders when it comes to this type of thing. Uh, they might say, well, this seems like a good direction. Others might say, well, this seems like a good direction. And yet a third might say, well, here, this is a good direction to go. We need a supernatural guide, and that guide has to be the Spirit of God to lead us and to direct us. Uh, look in Psalm 73. Psalm 73. And verse number 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee, and there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Hey, he's going to lead us, he's going to guide us. And our end is going to be heaven. We're not going to, we're not going to miss. 
as we did our Sunday school lesson this morning in Jeremiah 29, the Lord told him, you're going to be here 70 years, but I got good news for you. I, I want to bring you to an expected end. That, that was a good end. And you and I may go through some humps and bumps and dips along the way, but our God is leading us and we shall arrive on heaven's bright shore. Listen, I don't know how else to say it, but this, there's not enough devils in hell nor out of hell to keep you from going to heaven. If you've been saved by the shed blood of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can wash that blood away. It's permanently affixed. Your sins are permanently cleansed. Listen, if we could lose our salvation, we would. We would. It doesn't depend on us. It depends on Him. He's holding me by my right hand. He's hanging on to me. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that we're holding on to God. The Bible says that we're in His hands and in the Father's hands. He is our God. He has secured us. The future is unknown to us, but it's not unknown to our God. And He's leading us the way that we should go. Secondly, as you read on through the book of Joshua and even in the book of Judges, the future holds battles and holds hardships. Pastor Taylor gave testimony you know, talking about Nathaniel Andrews' situation with the difficult surgery he had. And uh, the second surgery was a breeze compared to that first one, that's for sure. And we've got people who are facing things. Brother Smitty, he's not doing real well. Uh, Carolyn sent me a text, said he was not doing real well right now. I'm going to go see him tomorrow. Uh, Brother uh, Elaine Berry Hill's mom got that blood clot in her brain. We could go on with a list of things, people who are sick who have health issues, and hardships may be in our way. And because of those things, we need equipment. And our equipment is put on by prayer. We take the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, I'm done being on defense. You can't defend yourself from your sins, but you can go to war against them. We're, we're, not we're, we're not defensive minded. Uh, you remember reading over the book of Matthew chapter 16? Jesus said, whom do you say that I am? And he said, well, thou art the, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, thou art Peter, the little rock. Said, Upon this big rock, the confession of my uh, uh, person in deity, God in flesh. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Then he went on and added this little bit. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're on offense. Act like it. Act like you're on offense. Don't be apologetic for believing the Bible. Don't be apologetic for taking time to, to read the Word of God and spend time in the Bible. We've got these Bible reading schedules. We're going to have probably February and March a reading challenge. We've been kicking around exactly what to do, try to get folks to read a certain section of of uh, Scripture, and you will never regret a minute that you spend in the Word of God. The Bible is your protection. The Bible will help you lead a clean life. Sanctify us through thy Word. Thy Word is truth. That's the Lord Jesus Christ praying, John chapter 17 and verse 17. If you want to have a pure life, read the Bible. You say, well, I'm doing that and I'm still struggling. Keep hanging on. Keep just moving on for the Lord. Don't, don't give up. God lets all of us go through different things in our life. Those battles and hardships that are out in front of us, 
And that, that armor that he gives us, can I remind you, there's nothing for our back. Not anything for our back. We are to be moving forward. And in our Christian life, we need to push forward, keep pushing forward. Every once in a while, as you're reading your Bible, as you're in church, singing, whatever it may be, you're doing spiritual things, you're worshiping God, it seems like suddenly God opens a little window and lets you see some things, or maybe a door swings open, so to speak, and you, you enter into a place in your Christian life that you've never been before, and, and you, you're grateful, you're excited about it, you're enthused, you're, you're thinking that, hey, praise God, I'm growing in my faith, and this is wonderful. Can I tell you, God's like that all the time? 100% of the time. And as, as hard as it is for us to accept, we have as much of God as we want to have. If you're not satisfied with how much of fellowship you have with Him, how much you're, you're moving in the Spirit of God, then, then the answer is for you to respond. Uh, he's not any different than He was 2,000 years ago. So the future is unknown. We need a guide. The future holds battles and hardships, and we, we need equipment, and we've got the equipment, and it comes from the Word of God. Thirdly, sadly, the future holds some defeats, but it has some triumphs too. Can I encourage you, do not major on your defeats. The times when you stumble, the time when you're not what you ought to be for the Lord, the times that you are carnal and indifferent in your life. Don't major on those. Everybody has them. There's nobody that's, that's uh, immune to that. Every last one of us is going to have different types of struggles and times when we just don't seemingly make. Maybe we lose our temper. Anybody here ever lost their temper besides me? Yeah. None of you ladies. I know y'all are all angelic beings and would never do such a thing. You're just playing your harps. And... But along with those defeats are going to come some triumphs and they're going to be great. Listen, make a lot out of what God does for you. When I was a kid, dating age, I got married at 18, so that'll tell you that's 52 years ago. If you had a $20 bill, you could go out to eat, put a little gas in the car, and go to a movie. You, you could do all that on $20. Now, I know that sounds weird by 2023 standards. But we were excited if somebody gave us a $20 bill. If my dad gave me one or I was able to work some extra and have one extra, it was exciting. And we've reached a place where you can give somebody $100 and they hardly grunt. We've reached the place to where God does something for us, answers a prayer, and we think, well, it's about time. I mean, really, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be as honest as I know how with you about it. That if we're not careful, that's the kind of attitude we'll develop. Make a bunch out of whatever God does for you. If God did something, it doesn't make, if the God of the universe did it, it's not small. It's not small. Maybe your child comes to you and says, Mom, I, want, I read this in the Bible or I learned this in Sunday school. And they start talking to you. You ought to be happy. You ought to get excited about it, that God's putting something in their heart and milling around. We had a young couple here today 
who 11 years ago one of our church members had some contact with. And it took 11 years for the seed to sprout for them to show up here today. Don't get stuck on instant. Instant grits, instant biscuits, you know, instant everything in the days in which we live. God doesn't move like that. God can move suddenly, and He does. But God's mills grind surely and usually slowly. But God's always out in front. So the future holds battles and hardships, and we need equipment. It holds defeats and triumphs. And for that, we need courage. We need courage. Turn to the book of Hebrews with me. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. Read 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Stop there for just a minute and read that backwards. Thee forsake, nor thee leave, never will I. Works forward and backwards. Verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Hey, listen, we, we need courage, and we get our courage from the fact that our God shall never desert us. He's always with us. If the battle becomes too much for you, flee to your elder brother. Turn to him and let him fight your battles. Fourthly, the future holds choices. Choices. Decisions that we get to make. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not. That's a promise. If you need wisdom, you can ask God for it, and he'll give it to you. Well, let, you know, don't be double-minded that he warns us about that. But if you ask for wisdom and you're sincere, you're asking for wisdom to deal with a certain thing or to, uh, in your life you need a, an area of wisdom to move forward or to deal with certain things, God will give it. If we don't believe that, we're calling God a liar. First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one, verse number thirty. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I have hard choices to make. I need wisdom. And I can't count on my wisdom. I can't count on my mind. So I'm going to have to lean on him. And what a wondrous thing it is when God gives wisdom and directs. We jump so quickly. Dr. Seitler taught us as young preachers, he said, if there's an issue in your church, he said, pray about it. He said, if God doesn't do something in a few weeks, then he wants you to do something. He said, but wait on the Lord. 
And sometimes people, angels, we've rushed to where angels fear to tread. I've seen some real damage done that way. We want to wait on the Lord and let God work things out. Let God give leadership, you see. Number five, the future holds the promises of God. You know what we need for those promises? Faith. That's what we need. We cannot live and thrive on past convictions of sins and transient joys. I could stand here and tell you about my Bible college days and the, the fun that we had uh, going to college. I could tell you about different church services at Tabernacle that I, I thought were especially helpful to me. But I could tell you about some here too. Some great services that God's given us. But we can't live on the past. We've got to live on the promises of God, and those are future. God's not going to desert us. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about getting old. <laughs> talks about your teeth, your arms, your legs, your eyes, your ears, your uh, uh, balance, you know, being scared of that which is high. And uh, the older I get, the less I like to go up and down ladders. And, and we read that in, in the Word of God, and we, we see those things. And the Bible talks about the days that you'll have no joy in them. And some days we wake up, we don't feel good. When you get 65, 70 years old, things just hurt that for no reason. They just hurt. They just decide to say, you've never remembered me, and this morning I'm announcing myself to you. And so different parts of our body hurt. But I don't want you to get bitter in your old age. Just because our hair is turning gray and, and we're not quite as spry as we used to be and we don't pick our legs up, walk like we used to, and we're, our balance is not what it used to be, doesn't mean God's done with us. Not at all. The younger people need us. They need somebody to blaze the trail. They need someone to show them this is the way. Walk ye in it. Walk with God. Come along with us. And so the... The mature saints of God ought to be a big part of the backbone of the, the local church and ought to be the ones who express joy. I always loved seeing Sister Mull there at Tabernacle, Mother Turner. Uh, boy, they'd get excited, and that, it stirred me up. Just one time in, in three and a half years, I saw Mother Burns, Roxy Burns, got stirred up just one time out of all those years. And I heard her husband shouted enough for everybody. Daddy Burns, he'd get happy and off he'd go shouting. When I saw Mother Burns get excited one night. You know what, what am I saying? I'm trying to tell you that no matter what age you are, God's got something for you. God has something for you. He'll establish your life. Young people, you want a cause, you want something worth putting your life into. Serving God is the greatest cause you could ever have. Being a winner of souls. Being one who's willing to stand up for Jesus. The story's told of a young girl or two. They were in a, in a park. And there was an atheist there. And he was blaspheming God and mocking God. Dared anybody there who wanted to stand up and say something for the Lord. And so these two girls came up to the front. Nobody else did. These two teenage girls. And they said, sir, we can't talk, but we can sing. He said, go ahead. And so they climbed up on the little stage he had set up. And those two little girls held hands and said, stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner. 
It must not suffer loss. What a cause. What a cause. Young people are searching for something to invest their life in. They're wandering aimlessly because of secular education that sucked all the moral absolutes out of society. I want to tell you there's a reason to take a stand. And this Bible right here will help you and guide you. The Spirit of God will take this Word and make it alive in your heart and in your mind. And He'll mold you and make you into the person that He wants you to be. And you'll be the happiest that you could possibly be when you're right with God. You get out away from the Lord, you'll hate it. I'll close with this. Linda, you know, has told me I have permission to mention this. Linda, Dean's daughter, got away from the Lord for a little while, about nine years, I think. We prayed and prayed for Linda. And one night in prayer meeting, Dean said, pray for my daughter, Linda. And I just asked her, I said, do you think maybe she's just not saved? She said, no, I know her. She's saved. And I said, well, we'll just pray God's will be done. And somehow or another, she got invited to come to VBS and help out with cookies or do something. And Brother God got a hold of her and changed her. Now, she's got a bad sickness now and can't get out. But it really, really, really changed her. And she told me, she said, There's, I want you to know there's some things that I knew. She said, I knew every single day that I was saved. I knew every single day that I was not right with God. And I knew every single day I could be if I would be. She spent nine years like that. You read the book of Ruth, there's a guy by the name of Elimelech, two sons named Malon and Kilion. Ten years, ten years backslidden. And Naomi, when she went back home, said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant and Mara means bitter. And this is what she said, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again, empty. I don't want that to happen to any of you. Get a hold of the will of God. Listen, the will of God is not some cloudy, nebulous, hidden thing that, that you may or may not ever find. God wants you to know His will. He's not in the business of hiding it. And seek His face, and He'll lead you and guide you. Ladies, would you all come on? Get ready to play for us. They're going to play that song, We Shall See Jesus. Hey, I want you to understand, when, we go, when we're lifted up out of this world in the rapture, the Bible says we're going to be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. My mom and my dad are in heaven. My grandparents are in heaven. I, I want to see them. I mean that sincerely. But i got to be honest with you, I think we're going to be so consumed with him that it may be a little while before we notice anybody else we shall see jesus ladies